Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of MLO. Today we are diving into condos and townhomes. What do HOAs do? What do they cover? What do we got to watch out for? How do they even get financed? Personally, owning a condo as an investment property, it's a very, very, very sensitive subject. And there are key components to be aware of before diving into that condo lifestyle. My name is Adi Nett. This is MLO. Enjoy the show. We got to roll. This is too good. They were rolling. We're popping. We're popping on the live. <laughs> Such a catchy little tune. What do we bring? We bring it. Should we do sardine check to the music? Sardini. Back. Sardine. Check. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love it. Hey, everybody. Happy, happy, happy Friday. Happy month's end to all those industry professionals out there. Home buyers, home sellers. My name is Addy Nett. This is MLO, and you are watching a live broadcast with my main man, Casey Carpenter, also on the MLO team. Thanks for showing up, Casey. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. Happy Friday. Again, another grinder week. I'm sure it was for everyone else out there. Uh, But man, do we got some good stuff to talk about today. Yeah, I think this is a really, really important just conversation that not a lot of people have uh condos so as a lot of people especially in high price markets such as portland casey you know they are looking at the option of the condo life right i mean yeah they are and uh right here next to us i mean we got some high risers built in some really nice ones um and we also have a mix of a, a bunch of different condos it for downtown spaces it's definitely something i think consumers obviously draw to you it's something they're 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 looking at if you're moving into definitely downtown downtown mm-hmm. um and uh, another part of it is i believe you know buyers might look at it as it's a good uh, a good first step you know maybe yeah. not jumping into that huge single family residence you got a lot of space there's a lot of you know maintenance and landscaping and stuff that might come into play sometimes when you have yards and maybe it's an older house or something so the idea of a condo, I think, appeals to uh, maybe a lot of those uh, uh, first-time home buyers or someone just looking to uh, to start small. Yeah, I think the first thing is like a lot of people, at least in this market, look at condos just from an affordability standpoint. So they work with a loan officer. They're looking at a detached home, also referred to as single-family residence, and they're like, "Hey, you can get approved for up to three hundred thousand." But at least in our market, you it's really challenging to find something in our our metro city within that 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 budget. So they then divert to, "Okay, can I go condo?" One thing people do not really think about, unless you're in the mortgage world, is you have to include the cost of an HOA within the qualifying debt to income ratio. So your total payment needs to be uh, including that HOA fee. So sometimes um, just because you're approved for 300 doesn't mean you're approved for 300 from the condo. You might see a 50 to upwards to a hundred grand approval decrease on a condo 
comparatively to a single family residence. So I, do you get that question a lot or that, that kind yeah, of Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think it's something to, you know, to, to definitely touch on, especially for the condo. So HOA, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, as a buyer, you need to be aware even, you know, what that HOA is or, or what you can and cannot do. So, you know, as a, if you've never been involved in an HOA, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they're going to, maybe dictate if you can have the trash cans out in front of your house or they need to be behind the gate, what color stuff is, you know, exterior colors and stuff like that. So uh, the HOA, the homeowners association is a big, big deal um, to be educated about, to be aware about when you're buying a condo, because yes, one, they're going to kind of have a a say a little bit, you know, on how you're living to, you know, for the property aspect. And then the biggest part is the fees. The monthly fees there's going to be either monthly dues or maybe annual dues but uh you're paying for the hoa and that additional part um is it's, it's included in your mortgage and like you said that that can reduce your buying power yeah it can reduce your buying power and i think you know great point casey on the lifestyle of an hoa and what the rules and restrictions are for the particular um, homeowners association. So I think diving right into it, it's like, okay, what do HOA fees even cover, right? What do they even cover? And I think the general answer is they change for every homeowners association. So like my wife and I have a condo, it's got a homeowners association fee of about, I believe it's $350, which is decently digestible. However, in our particular HOA, it covers water, sewer, garbage. So that's three utility bills that, you know, we would need to pay out of pocket that are being covered by that fee. Additionally, another point is a homeowners association is going to cover, most of the time going to cover exterior insurance for the entire building. Uh, So your homeowners insurance premium will be, should be significantly reduced because you are only requiring the walls in. So we kind of touched on that on some of our previous episodes covering homeowners insurance with our main man, Tyler Ross. Uh, However, I think it's good to know those coverages um, just for other bills you would already pay. The remaining amount of funds outside of those baselines just discussed, Casey, and not a lot of people know this, is typically put into a budget for exterior maintenance and then reserves. So there's depreciation that happens with any house. And um, the HOA is a healthy HOA, a well-managed HOA is one that is continuing to save for the future maintenance, such as like roofing and siding. So a big chunk of that, anywhere from 30 to 50% is directly going into a savings account that collectively the tenants as a whole in the building are saving for those projects down the road. Yeah. And that's a great point, Addison. And, and uh, um, you know, with, with kind of that HOA stuff, I mean, I've, I've seen in the past, um, you know, it, I don't know if the HOA was saving, you know, or maybe because there's good HOAs and there's also bad HOAs out there. Um, oh, sure, yeah. And I'm sure obviously in probably any, any business, obviously, but um, I've seen where they were doing, uh, let's say full remodel or remodel on half the building and uh, broke that out you know, per tenant on what those costs would be. And then, you know, that was, it was up to the tenants to, uh, to deal with, um, you know, the rehab costs of that stuff. It's very, you want to make sure you're looking, you know, 
at that HOA. Uh, and as you, you, you know, being part of one, and I've been part of uh, one of them in a neighborhood before, uh, mm-hmm. it's a big deal. There's a lot that's going into stuff there. So, well, I think actually we need to dive into that a little bit more, Casey, because you just pretty much side described an assessment. So one thing that people need to know is like, what is an assessment? You'll hear that all the time. So an assessment can be, from my experience, a couple different things. One, the most common is deferred maintenance on the building. So they've had somebody come in and look at the building and be like, oh, you have deferred working on replacing the siding, replacing this roof. All of these things just happen with properties over time, whether it's a condo or a detached home. So what happens is they say, oh, it's going to cost, say, you know, $100,000 to fix this project. They're going to divide it equally between all the the units within that building. So we're using that example of 100 grand, say there's 100 units, each unit would need to pony up thousand dollars worth of chips to pay the assessment so that's where you're seeing a ton of people who are like scared about special assessments and sure i'm going to dive a little bit deeper casey into some examples of an unfortunate assessment but a deferred maintenance or a proactive maintenance to fix something is super super good you want the building to stay up to par and i think a lot of people don't understand it's like oh well i'm just gonna buy I'm just going to buy a single family residence so I never have to worry about it. And one example I use, Casey, is like, dude, regardless of like a single family residence or a condo, like an example, a roof. A roof only has a certain amount of life. And say a roof is 10 years at 10 grand for easy math. The homeowner should be saving a thousand freaking dollars a year so that they can afford to replace that roof after 10 years. So if you truly were managing your home ownership from the perspective of deferred maintenance, you would self-assess yourself, a homeowners association do, to be prepared. So I'm like, that's definitely a position arguing the pro condo, but I just bring that up because there's not always good, there's not always bad um, HOA fees. Now, diving in case, do you have any guess of what I'm going to bring up as a bad uh, or an unfortunate assessment? I mean, there's been, (laughs) we've all heard stories, so uh, I'll let you take it from there. Well, I think, and man, oh man, my lights are super bright. I'm looking like Donald Trump right now. Oh, you're good. You're good. I'm a little dark. (laughs) (laughs) Well, just, just to break down, like when you're getting a legal assessment, this is something different, different. So there's an assessment going on that might be a pending litigation it's referred to. So there's been a legal matter that involves the homeowners association that potentially a settlement or fee needs to be dispersed and divided amongst all the homeowners equally. So like one example, I heard a story, I wasn't associated with it, but a lady actually fell downstairs and because the homeowners association wasn't to code on railings and steps and safety precautions. She had legal right to sue. So now that building is under litigation and will need to pay a settlement for improperly um, having the exterior parts of the building to code. So that's an example. Then you'll see like a rapid fire sale of all these condos, like six, seven, eight, nine, ten, all for sale because the homeowner wants to get out of the situation but i think we transition casey that being said 
the financing side and what it takes to get condo financing done because it's it's different. Um, you touched on it with like, you know, the HOA will be reviewed by an underwriter and specifically a condo department. So they're going to be looking through all the public records, all the findings, all the notes, all the balance sheets, and it will be discovered. You can't slide in like a litigation. Like investors don't want to be party to unresolved conflict. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And that's a perfect way to put it. They don't want to be part of a conflict that's unresolved because it's still going on. It's not a closed case. Mm-hmm. So, and, that, and that's the biggest thing. I mean, you know, these, they, they can stretch out. They can cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a big deal to be aware of. Well, it's a super big deal. And like, I always tell clients too, is like, Hey, this is in your best interest you know, it might seem like a convoluted process to say, like, have the HOA reviewed, go through another review session. Um, it, it's in their best interest because the last thing we really sincerely want is a homeowner to be in a condo that is, you know, they can't get out from under it. And that's when, you know, the nightmares happen with foreclosure, short sales and all those things. So I think it's important for people to know the HOA needs to be healthy. And during the review process, the lender, the investor and the underwriter are going to, you know, review all those documents accordingly. So I think just to summarize, because we're on quite a run here, like the breakdown of HOA, you're getting coverages of insurance, utilities, things you already would have paid for, including. So just because you see a massive, massive, massive HOA, it doesn't mean, hey, you wouldn't have already spent that money. Additionally, if you were planning to replace deferred maintenance, such as roof or sidings, decks, things that just wear out over time, as just a homeowner, a single family homeowner, you should be saving for that anyway. So um, a healthy HOA budget is pretty much hand-holding budgeting um, because it's a collective community uh, paying for those bills. So I think yeah, that's and important. I, and I want to just add on to that point that you mentioned too. I mean, moving out of the condo, like you touched on, just to go get the single-family residence to save your $400 HOA due that you you think is high, Single-family residents cost money, too. It costs money to keep those things up to date, even if it's new construction. And most people buying a home, that first couple of years, you're going to put five to 20 grand in probably that home. You're going to change some things. You're going to want to do and make it a little bit more you, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, the step out of one scenario because you got a little bit of a cost there into another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as properties and real estate go, you know, you're always going to be probably – finding some kind of maintenance to do, to say the least. No, that's a really good point. And I just had someone text me um, a really good question here. Uh, Townhome HOA. So that's a really important thing because townhomes and condos are two separate property types. And I don't think a lot of people know this. Actually, condos... legally per county and how the lots are divided when you purchase a condo you're not actually buying the land you're buying the unit itself versus with condominiums you own the land and the structure so that that is one of the kind of odd things about condos versus townhomes but you'll normally see at least in our market townhome hoas being a lot smaller so a couple different reasons like Um, it isn't a collective building where you just have ownership to the unit 
you do have ownership to the the ground. So there's a little bit of legal separation in the entirety of the community. Um, additionally, the units are going to be a lot smaller, right? So like a ta- typical town, you may not have like a run of four, five, six, seven, eight uh, condos all touching the ground. Sorry, I just whacked my microphone. Skinny tall. Gosh, you and I in our chopper hands. I know. I've like, <laughs> trained myself the T-Rex talking, like keep it here because I just get so into it. Um, um, but that being said, back to the townhome, like you might see townhome HOAs, like what do you see on your hood? Like $40, $50, $60 a month comparatively to like three, four, or $500 condo HOAs. Right. Is that kind of what you're yeah, saying yeah, too? Yeah, you're definitely going to see that. I mean, I'd put it, you know, maybe 100 to a 400. You know? Yeah. And those townhomes aren't collecting what we talked about where it's like shared utilities, mandatory reserves. They're literally maybe covering exterior insurance and like the dude that comes by and mows the lawn, right? So that's why it's so much lower. And then maybe like a repolishing of the neighborhood sign every year where someone comes and like makes the gold, you know, shiny again, like Rudy. Rudy at Notre Dame or something, you know, like there's a lot less overage from a homeowners or a townhomes homeowners association comparatively. You'll also see that in suburbial where there's like these little ticky tack, like five to $15 monthly HOAs. And that, that covers the sign and the mowing and the lights. And then like maybe in some neighborhoods, you know, yeah, somebody, I wanted to touch on that because I mean, yeah. I, then, uh, you know, the West, the West side neighborhood over here and, and it did. It had, I mean, I pros and cons, right? Because I, I see pros and cons for HOAs and, and what it stands for, right? Obviously, mm-hmm. sometimes we all don't want the uh, neighbor that's got their bunk beds and lawnmowers and all their uncle's stuff out in the front yard. You know, nobody right. wants that. So but you're that talking more neighborhood, right? neighborhood. So this yeah, a suburban, yeah. yeah, this is a, a, a just suburbs, neighborhoods, single family residences. Um, and they had a small HOA in there that we abide by, but um, it still dictated your house colors. They still didn't want those uh, trash cans on the side. And mm-hmm. this was a small HOA do And this, I mean, very minimal, like you say. So sometimes I see it too, where, you know, s- small dues, but the HOA is still trying to, trying to manage like, like a big, a big HOA and you're, and you're paying big money for it. So is there's some stuff to, uh, to look at too, just in, in single family residences as well It's not just, uh, not just the condos. Yeah, no, that's a good point. That's great perspective from the suburbia stand land there for sure. Um, I just got another text talking about rental caps on condos. So this is a really good one, guys, especially all you investors out there trying to tap into the investment world. And you might see, oh, condos could be a really good opportunity to get into the market. I can rent this out. Blah, 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 blah. So some of like really key things to know. First and foremost, every building will typically have what's referred to as a rental cap, meaning X amount of units within that building have to be owner occupied and not rented out. So there's a building threshold essentially. And you'll see that range anywhere from like zero. Well, hey, no rental cap, anyone, come on in. Or it'll be like 75%. I think the important thing to know, Casey, is, and we'll transition into FHA and VA condos real quick after this, but the important thing to know is 
with conventional financing, a majority of the units that are occupied need to be owner occupied. So it's a typical more than 50%. So if there's a 10 unit building, there needs to be at least six or more, you know, need to be actual owners living in it can't be rented out or they won't finance it. It's an investor Fannie Freddie guideline, I believe, um, to cap And it's important for for buyers, sorry to cut you off there, for, no. important for buyers to know that because they will not finance it. Yeah, it's Period. just, it's not going to fly. So like, that's one of those things where it frustrates me when listing agents don't do their due diligence on occupants percentage and then they put conventional FHA, which we'll get into, VA in cash. And it's like, no, you don't even meet the basic requirements from occupancy standpoint for conventional financing. So eliminate the first three and just put the cash. Yeah. And that's tough. Um, So yeah, transitioning to, because I get this question a lot, is this condo FHA approved? So there's a couple different things to know um, about that. Uh, and I'm going to type up a minute here, FHA approved condos is like, look, a lot of things that changed actually within the last six to eight months, but previously in 2019, the FHA, every FHA building or every condo that was going to be FHA approved needed to go through this whole process of approval. So this was this FHA evaluation, and then the condo would need to then carry uh, certain insurances to insure. That that way an FHA loan could be uh, used for that condo, which is super rare out here. Like you can actually go to FHA, like if you just Google FHA condo lookup, there's like a very archaic search tool. It's something from the circa year of Tetris being invented. Uh, however, you can type in like the county, the zip, whatever, and look to see if it's an approved. And it's really hard to find them. Uh, then there was a recent change. I can't remember the year. Uh, it was like six to eight months ago. I'm pretty sure. So 1920. Then FHA then approved single unit evaluations meaning the whole building doesn't actually need to be FHA approved. Individual evaluations can stand. So everyone got super excited about it, as did I. I was like, hey, this is a big thing. Like, man, we can get, you know, FHA qualified buyers into condos, even though the building isn't available. However, I've yet to experience anyone get one through. And I was talking to an underwriter about it, and she was like, yeah, if there's like anything wrong with it, where like they don't have at least 10% down or more, it's not going to go. If they don't, um, if the building has any sort of hiccups or wrinkles, there's no exceptions. And I would mean, if there's any loan officers out there who have successfully this year financed an FHA condo um, as an independent evaluation, I'd love to hear them. I know Casey would. Absolutely, please, because that would be that would be worth worth an episode just to hear that. Yeah. And I know VA doesn't have the exception thing, but they are on a evaluation thing too. I think there's only like one or two approved VA condo buildings in our metro area. Right, Casey? Yeah. It's very slim pickings when you're, uh, when you're kind of looking at that. I mean, that's the number one thing. And I advise, you know, any, you know, mortgage professionals out there that are listening and stuff like that. And when it's the VA, you know, go to right out of the gate, let's see if this condo is, you know, VA approved condo. Yeah, and um, once again, you can look them up online, both VA and FHA. Absolutely, absolutely, and I and I believe uh, us and real estate agents uh, can find that information as well. So, 
Oh yeah, but people will still hit us up even though you can Google. Uh, I, yeah, it's yeah, all right. Absolutely. I know how it is, but it's one thing to touch on too. I mean, as a buyer, if I'm a buyer too, um, you know, I'm hoping my buyer's agent is really looking that information up in these condos because condos aren't just like single family guys. It's just it's different ball game. There's there's boxes to check. There's there's information to look. I mean, there's financials to read um, before you're getting into it. So yeah, I would hope that you know buyer's agent is, is really and most are you know, but you know, hope that they're really diving into some of those details before, you know, getting the, the client excited on the condo, making oh. sure it can fit their needs and stuff. A hundred percent. You know, another client of mine just hit me up on text here. I messenger Airbnb and condo. So yeah, that's another really good one. Cause, um, that's going to be in the bylaws of the homeowners association, whether they allow them or not. Additionally, there's County and city restrictions like our local county has a lot of restrictions on Airbnbs and needing a license, a license to do it and not. So that's not always a bulletproof plan. If I had a nickel for every time someone called me and like, you know, I'm just going to Airbnb out the condo. And like, there's actually laws and restrictions per building and unit if you're able to do it. And there's a whole nother layer of the county and the city that the property is located in. So yeah, I think that kind of wraps wraps us around with a lot of stuff for our, our Friday show. And just to like summarize, HOA fees aren't always bad. Um, it, I look at it as a forced savings plan. They actually assist with paying for a lot of hard bills that, such as water, sewer, garbage in most places. Um, the one thing I think we didn't hit on is looking to see if it comes with a parking spot or not. Because that's another like really, yeah. some buildings you have to buy the parking separate. Other buildings, they're deeded in with the unit. So that's a whole nother set of circumstances to look at. I guess my biggest advisement um, and suggestion as a loan officer is really work with a real estate agent that's done a condo deal before because just that experience of them closing and being through the process um, and same with the lenders. And I get a lot of clients that come to me just because, you know, Kristen and I own a condo and we rent it out and um, that was our, our first home for three years. And that was a big thing. Like we've experienced living in it, buying it, renting it, the restrictions, all of that stuff. So. You have literally done exactly what we were just talking about. I mean, you made the first step, right? Got went for the condo, got yep. the condo, went through the whole process, experienced it, mm -hmm. came out of it, went to single family detached, you know, single family residence, detached home, right? Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah so now, now you're learning that. I mean, yeah. We'll just yeah. keep interviewing you. This is good stuff. Yeah, just bring it on. I'll talk to you about it all day long. Now, uh, you touched on one point too with those HOAs. You know, it's, I'll reiterate it. Like the forced savings is a good thing. I don't think people understand and realize that, you know, a good portion of that is going towards the forced savings. And you're also going to save in that home insurance cost, like we touched on earlier too. You know, instead of let's just say maybe it was $50 a month or something. Uh, you know, for, for a single family or something, you might be maybe looking at 25 or something for your condo because that HOA um, is covering, you know, the exterior of the of those uh, units and stuff. So you're kind of just looking at those walls and interior stuff. So there's savings going around. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. The, I think we could argue at any time, like work with people that know it, talk to them. Um, I think it's a huge, huge thing. Dive deeper. We'll definitely do additionals. Maybe we could get other examples as live guests, but good kind of breakdown of just the basics. What do HOAs cover? What are the risks? What do we need to understand the financing side? So 
Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Modern Loan Officer. I am your host, Addy Nett with MLO and always my trusted wingman, Casey Carpenter in the hood. Thanks for making the time. I'm going to have our exit music yes, going those here. Tunes, man. What are you, what are you doing this weekend? been watching these boats out this window all day i gotta get some sunshine i feel like yeah you want to get out there for <laughs> sure well i know you just did that huge upgrade to your backyard so i'm sure the fam wants to enjoy that yeah time for some cartwheels in the backyard <laughs> all right brother thanks so much for your time and everyone out there home buyers home sellers please remember to catch us on wherever you get your podcast the explosion is real the people coming in we are just so proud and excited to continue providing an environment for home buyers home sellers industry partners that is transparent the real knowledge the real feedback and thanks for watching have a great weekend everyone Thanks again for listening to this episode of MLO. If you ever want to check out the full video live stream broadcast, feel free to visit our Facebook page or our YouTube channel. We are there live and on video. So till we catch you next time, this is Addie Nett and this was MLO.